For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created, the simple and effective way to lose weight. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. Wednesday the 20th of June, welcome to Afternoon Sport. Dan McHugh here, I'm joined by Shad Wicker. You're heading out to Caxton Street tonight, mate. Oh, mate, it's beautiful. It's origin, baby. You can smell it in the air of Queensland, my friend. The Maroons jerseys have been out all week. It's going to be great here in Brisbane as... Queensland set to lock in the series tonight at Suncorp Stadium, brother. Does that mean you'll be on the beers? Shad, are you a drinker? <laughs> oh, mate, yes. I've actually tried to not have uh, much beers since finishing the touring. Mm. So this has been like marked down in the calendar where I'm like, oh. all right, back on the source. Um, either way, if we win, yeah, I'm going to be nude running down G- Caxon Street. If we lose, I'm going to be blind crying my way home because after <laughs> after state of origin game one we had tim hewitt on the next day yeah and he definitely um i think he'd done himself some brain damage yeah and i right. said how many beers did you guys have and he's like i don't know we got to having jugs and i reckon there's a rule that once you hit jugs you cannot count the beers <laughs> that's true well you refuse to count the beers yeah, that's dude. usually where it's at <laughs> <laughs> all right enough about beer more about sport today on the show we'll be talking cricket soccer tennis afl nrl and a little bit more someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age any fitness at any time. More than 80% happen at home and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a CellAid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your CellAid at CellAid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. Having a look at the cricket shad yesterday, you and Shane spoke about the Ashes. You seemed optimistic, but Shane kind of, when he spoke, it didn't look good for Australia in this first test, but we won. Yeah, now Australia's taken a 1-0 lead in the 5 Test Ashes series, which is pretty good. Nathan Lyon and Pat Cummins were the ones that uh, basically steered us to the two-wicket win over England. Mm. I, you know, Shane's apparently the expert, mate, but like you said, I was the optimistic one, and I feel like maybe I've turned over a new leaf. I've usually known for being quite a negative kind of person, mate, but I feel like this positivity that I'm putting out there right now, <laughs> you know, maybe I've got a vision board in my house, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm going to start really, uh, what, what's it called? I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting yes, a Queensland win should. tonight. I manifested an Ashes win. I think I think this is where I'm turning a new leaf. You've got to start the, the morning with some affirmations, Shad, just looking <laughs> yourself in the eye in the mirror. Yeah, yeah you exactly. You are great. You are great. Ben Hunt will score the first try. Paddy Carrigan <laughs> will get man of the match. <laughs> uh, but no. I reckon Australia need to start uh, getting a bit more Barmy Army, writing some songs. There needs to be a Pat Cummins song. I've, you know what? Speaking of songs, um, did you see the clip of the Barmy Army giving Steve Smith his uh, welcome to the outfield? No. <laughs> 
Man, it was, so they started singing. I know that the ABC put this up as a clip and did a classic ABC thing where they're like, is this okay in modern Australia, modern sport? The song they were singing is We Saw You Cry on the Telly. <laughs> just constantly going, we saw you cry on the telly. <laughs> so just like, as D Smith's just like giving him the nod, like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, when he's out there. I think, you know, it, it's one of the great sporting, I reckon, one of the great sporting crowds is watching the Barmy Army yeah. give it Agreed. to Australian cricketers out there because they do an amazing job. Obviously, the other second of that would be the uh, snake around one of the MCG or the SCG or <laughs> any of the grounds in Australian cricket with all the plastic cups. That would be my second tier, <laughs> I reckon, great moment. But it's a big win for the Aussies. Taking out the first test is obviously important. People are already saying, oh, they've broken Baz Ball. It'll be interesting to see how the always brutal uh, English media uh, reacts to this loss from the Palms because there is – sound bites before and during the test where some of the palms being like, yeah, we don't care if we win, we're just out here to play fun cricket, which I think could come back to bite them if we all of a sudden take control of this test series even further. It'll be great to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm looking forward to more um, Barmy Army meanness because I actually think they're good blokes. We've had Paul Burnham on the show quite a few times and the, the Barmy Army guys, you know, they might um, sledge the players, but they are actually... Well-meaning blokes. They they they're not so bad in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I think they, they they tend to also have respect for the Australian cricket side as well, which is great. Which is why the Ashes are so great. Yeah, because exactly. it's this long-standing rivalry that you know deep down is is bedded with respect for one another. So speaking of respect, I feel like uh, FIFA have got some issues to address. We saw a couple of games this week where players have um, cut the game short. Uh, New Zealand refused to walk back on the field after halftime during an un- well unfriendly match against Qatar. Yeah, so this was uh, this was due to a racial slur being uh, thrown out by a Qatari player to Michael Boxall of the uh, New Zealand football side, and the the reason they didn't come back out is because there was no acknowledgement or official action taken. So the statement that was released by the team on social media said no official action was taken, so the team have agreed not to come out in the second half of the match. And when you say FIFA has a problem here, I think it's it's international football at the moment because, you know, I look at Qatar and we look at the World Cup and we look at all of this noise around Qatar. Nothing's going to be done. I have zero faith in the governing body doing anything about the idea of a slur being thrown out in a friendly match uh, because I think Qatar is one of the teams. Weirdly enough, I think the money, all that kind yeah, of stuff. I, I think money controls what's said in FIFA currently. Yeah. So, so even Qatar refused to acknowledge uh, this, the the accusation as well because they released on theirs just saying that New Zealand was withdrawn from the friendly match against our national team, which was being held today uh, in Austria as part of the Alan Arby's pres- uh, preparations for the Gold Cup. So New Zealand were winning 1-0, by the way. Yeah. So uh, it's not like they banned him because they were getting beat. Uh, but uh, Boxall's of Samoan heritage, and apparently the slur was heard by several players. It was in the 40th minute. So the fact that nothing happened uh, was enough for these players to go, well, you know what, no way. The CEO of uh, New Zealand Football said he fully supports the players in this. And, and i got to say, yeah, I think so. FIFA are apparently waiting for match reports um, which they reckon they'll review. But like I said, I, I, I have no faith in what FIFA does when it comes to things like this. So the World Game seems to be pumping up even here in Australia. 
So there are calls for funding in soccer. Uh, the Socceroos don't even have a home ground. They don't have they, they don't have a home here. I, I get the uh, more funding argument from the Socceroos saying that they want a little bit bigger slice of the pie. The main argument for football is that most of the money when it comes to sport funding generally goes to the big two codes, which is the NRL and the AFL. But my argument back to that is, is because they're both the two very strong, dominant front leaders, domestic competitions in this country. So, of course, they're going to get the lion's share. Graham Arnold's argument is, obviously, Socceroos, they were World Cup heroes, he said, and that, that's fair enough. But they're having to train at facilities in Leichhardt Oval. Now, I'm not saying that they should have a home ground because I think that's ridiculous. Home, the na- national side plays everywhere in the country. Mm. Uh, but I think the main issue here is the fact that they have to train at Leichhardt Oval, home of the very sorry Tigers. <laughs> and... That's probably the main concern right now. Yeah. I wonder if he'll change his tune after seeing Twiles try, maybe going, oh, hang on a second, maybe things are going to turn around in these facilities. But the fact that why can't the Socceroos just go and train or have a section facility at the AIS or maybe what should have been the discussion and Graham Arnold should be considering is a giant stadium was built in Moore Park. And that was a stadium built by the Roosters with some funding from the government, of course. Uh, The Roosters were the ones that slapped their name on it. The Wallabies are involved there as well. Why didn't FFA get involved in that discussion? Yeah. Why didn't they jump in and go, let's share this facility as well? I don't know the ins and outs of sporting stadium uh, policy in New South Wales, but I'm pretty sure if if the Australian Football Federation decided to jump in and say, we want to chip in some money too and have our own little area of training facility, mm. I reckon it would have happened. So, so I've this- got a very different opinion to you on this, Chad. I bet you bloody would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> nowhere in the world plays rugby league or AFL like we do. No one yeah. gives a shit. So sure. if you want to talk about national sports, blah, 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 actually money's better off being spent on things like the Olympics or international sports because there's a lot of momentum in uh, having good international teams where you've actually, you know, are on a world stage. I, I think NRL and AFL should be given less money. I'd, I'd argue against that. Why? I'd, uh, investment, well, show me a country where the Olympics has actually turned over like mass like like mass GDP and whatnot. Like they brag about all these things. That doesn't no, happen. That's that's talking about how much having the uh, money the Olympics makes for you when you hold yeah. the Olympics. That's a very different thing. So you're just saying we should be better in the in the Olympics as in funding more for Olympic sport. But my argument back to you would be the Olympics is for like once every four years. The World Cup's once every four years. International soccer, in terms of the Socceroos at the moment, yeah. they're now doing better and that's sure. great. But, but winning gives you dollars. Why do we need to, to – why does the Australian government need to give NRL $50 million? What, oh, I'm not for? saying that the money that they're getting is is fair, but the argument is more that the the soccer is saying we deserve X X X and X. Yeah, and but I there's think so there's so many opportunities that they have had. There's so many opportunities they have had, like when a new stadium was getting built to come to the table and go, hey, we want to get in on this. Like when there's like all these different stadiums, the funding for these stadiums that's going up at the moment. The AFL side, I understand they're getting annoyed about because they're oval stadiums and that doesn't help football at all. But you can try and mend bridges between. This is the same thing that happens with rugby, where it's like you try to keep it separate, but you've got to understand the reality you're in. Funding goes to these two major codes. One, because they're obviously big lobbyists, all right, and we don't need to get into the ins and outs of that. But the domestic competition runs pretty much throughout the whole year. 
And that creates money in different areas of the cities and, to, and the country. And it has people going out and spending money in towns and Townsville and Brisbane and areas of Sydney and Melbourne. And it's like that is why a lot of these things get more and more. I understand and I, and I sympathise with the argument of the soccerers have to be training in Leichhardt, they're the international side. I 100% get that. But there were steps long before this World Cup campaign where this was acknowledged years ago as well, where there was missteps, where there could have been these kinds of moves forward that they didn't happen. So it's like, yes, they do deserve this area and they should get some funding. But miss me with the woe is me that you didn't, you haven't been given an opportunity. You didn't get up off your feet and go, hey, guys that are building this stadium, New South Wales government, can we get a facility put in there, please, for Socceroos? Are you telling me New South Wales government wouldn't want them to have a base camp there? They, of course they would. Melbourne would love to have them down there. Got ya. <laughs> I think you, you you had a very good discussion there with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was just pushing the point to you. That's how you argue. You don't give them a chance. Uh, having a look at the tennis, Annette Contevate, who was uh, ranked number two, I think, in June last year, um, has announced that she'll retire from tennis after a final outing in Wimbledon next month. She's only 27 years old. She's got chronic back injury. Oh, geez, must be so hard. No. <laughs> well, no, no, I was kind of thinking that because she's made $8 million from tennis. Yeah. She has been playing since she was a teenager. So, you know, it's a fair stint. But, you know, she's set up. Um, she can go on to do something else. I'm sure she's a bright woman. Oh, look, no, I'm, I'll tell you now. I'm sure the pat, like back injury would be brutal in tennis when you think of how they serve and how they play. Oh, but... Yeah. This just proves to me when you say the numbers there, you've got you've got a, a, a young child there, Dan. Yeah. If you're th- looking at a sport for your kid to play, and any parent that's listening right now, if you're yeah, not pushing your kid into tennis or golf, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? If we're talking about rugby league moments ago, don't send them into rugby league or AFL. Nah. No way. Nah. Give them a tennis racket. Give them a golf club. It's actually <laughs> soccer, tennis, or golf. Honestly, eight million, and you haven't even hit your thirties yet. Let's go. Like that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about. That's it, why it is sport awesome. is such a an amazing like meal ticket for a lot of people you know what I mean like to, <laughs> except for yeah. life kind of money obviously it it means nothing if you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life but the I think from the description I was looking at for her um, back it's pulling out now before it becomes a major life issue for the rest you know rest of her days yeah I think if she spends less time um, hitting balls on a court her back will probably get better quickly potentially yeah yeah, because I mean, with that eight million dollars, I imagine you can afford a pretty good physio to come in for a while. Yeah, yeah. I hope she doesn't spend all eight million on it. Uh, all right, we're going to have a quick break. We'll be back talking NRL, State of Origin tonight. For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created. Packed with protein and low in sugar, it's sure to keep you full throughout the day, not to mention it's only $2.49 a meal. Over half a million Aussie guys have lost weight the Manshake way. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. State of Origin Game 2 tonight, Shad. 
Is Payne Huss a secret weapon for New South Wales? No, he's been on your lineup for many years now. We know he's there. Yeah, I know, but what's this? Uh, why is this article talking about him as though he is? <laughs> because here's the difference. All right, I we saw this in the in the press conference. Sorry, New South Welsh Welshman listeners and, and that, but. There's always this thing of like, this is a secret weapon. It's all on Trell. We need Trell to play. Now he's out on. No, we need Turbo to play. It's not on one player. It's state of origin football. It's a team effort. It's mate versus mate. I hate to... It's mate versus mate, it's Dave versus exactly. I hate to go with the tropes, but this got put to Billy Slater uh, at at the Maroons Media Day yesterday, yeah. and he said they asked him, "Oh, you know, secret weapon? Who's going to stand out for the Maroons?" And then you know, the house is the New South Wales one. And he goes, "Mate, it's not one individual play." Yeah, exactly. He's like, "We need every single person to do something," and it's true. You look and people go, "Well, Munster is amazing." Well, Munster was quiet by Munster standards, was quiet for like 60 minutes, 70 minutes of football in game one. And then he turned it on at the end when, you know, we, we got those tries to to seal the deal. One of his tries is obviously off the amazing work of Collins. But, you know, that's the bit of the difference here. It's like this this media mentality from for New South Wales going, they need this player to step up. Like it's been on Cleary's shoulders for how many years? Yeah. Like, Cleary has to play awesome for us to win. It's like, no, you just need everyone. In t- it's the best players from the largest pool of talent this country has. That's the New South Wales. I, I, I think it, um, it it actually says about the, a lot about the psyche of the two major cities in each place. Yeah. So Brisbane is probably a little bit more, I don't know, like communal or down to earth, where Sydney is very pretentious and all about the, the, the individual. Yeah, and I think also it's easy for me to say this on the back of a side that's looking to seal the series. I understand that that as well. Like yeah. if we had lost, maybe it would be a different attitude from our end. I don't know. I think Billy has a different mindset in camp. It is Meninga-esque though, like the the attitude of this Queensland side for the for this series. What do you mean? Wear a, wear a cast on the field for every game and smash people in the face with it? <laughs> well, we might. No, just the relaxed oh, nature okay. of the camp. Like, you know, you've got players laughing, they're doing kicking competitions with Thurston, you know, there's a real relaxed mentality. But then when you look at New South Wales, media try to talk to, to yeah. your coach which isn't out of line, wanting to talk to the coach ahead of the deci- a potentially deciding state of origin game. And he, he's so, like, angry <laughs> that someone's asked him a question about his New South Wales side. And you're like, mate, this is the job, dude. <laughs> like, what's going on? But I, I think when you talk about people that you think are going to stand up for New South Wales, Payne Haas puts in the work and he makes you the yep. meters. He's going to do it. Winning up the middle always seems to be the battle, especially early in origin. I think if you're going to say who do you expect to bounce back from having a tough game last like last game around, I'd yeah. say James Tedesco. I think Teddy is going to play really well at Suncorp, I have a feeling. I mean, really, he, if he had passed it once more or twice in that game, you may have won it with like, you know, the overlaps out there. And if he didn't slip over, maybe Hammer didn't score that try. So, you know, he copped it so bad from the media and stuff after that game one that I feel like you could see a pretty pretty big showing from Tedesco here. Uh, and Moses getting another crack at the jersey uh, with Cleary injured is another one as well. It's all going to be about facilitating good footy out to your edge. That's what's been the trouble. I think in those two games when you were camped on our try line, it was not getting quality ball out to the edges. So we'll see if it happens. We'll see Queensland's best player dug deep 
come through again. I Dog dope, huh? mate. I huh? reckon. Huh? I reckon. We, you watch this, mate. You watch Ben Hunt score the winning try in this, just to really stick it to the Dragons. Oh, it'll be amazing. <laughs> but what's also amazing is um, Ben Hunt has the shortest turnaround of all Origin yeah. players. So with within forty eight hours. He'll be returning to play for his club that he doesn't he want be. to play for. He will not, mate. You don't reckon he he'll will be, not there be there on Friday, there on Friday night? night? Are you kidding me? Like, like it'd be iffy if he'd even be there if the game was on Sunday, let alone Friday night. What do the Dragons think they're doing? Like that. <laughs> what they're doing is just idiotic, yeah. and it's a, it actually displays what's 100%. wrong with the club and why they're not winning because that is fucking It's so idiotic. dumb. It's like you're in this dispute with Ben Hunt. He says he wants to leave the club. You're trying to say you're going to mend it and you name him as your starter in 48 hours after State of Origin. Get out of yeah. here. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's like name someone else. Yeah, Far it's ridiculous. Out. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how like arrogant and like I'm the boss yeah. is that? It's so it's stupid. Dumb. It's like even just name him as 18th man. If there's some kind of rule around yeah. not being able to bring him in the side later if you wanted to. But also, I doubt that you're going to try and play, even if there wasn't an issue right now. For them, Matt, they probably would try and play Ben up. But 48 hours after Origin, I doubt you're going to play him, even if there wasn't a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's so brutal of a decision. He's playing yeah. hooker at State of Origin too. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, they're a basket case, and I can't wait for them to come defunct and turn into the North Sydney Bears. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It should be the Illawarra St. George Gosford North Sydney Bears. <laughs> Just the uh, like a horseshoe around yeah. Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scribbled line. <laughs> That's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Thanks to Cell AED, the world's smallest defibrillator that's going to be needed after game two in State of Origin to try and bring back the New South Wales dead rugby league side. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you, mate. Was that, was that too much? <laughs> Hi, this is Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. And let me tell you, I've listened to so many rugby league podcasts. Fire Up's one of them. Find Fire Up on any podcast app.